studied the Civil War very long, you know the dramatic story of the soldiers exchanging salutes at Appomattox. Did it really happen that way? We'll find out when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors cried the second. I hope it has the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org, and from energyhog.org she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy, and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org, or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Patrick Schroeder, who is the historian at the Appomattox Courthouse National Historical Park in Appomattox, Virginia. I want to get the full name of that institution correct this time. Uh, and we talked a little bit uh, last session uh, about the emotions that still rage around Appomattox. And this led to the question we were just getting to, which is how, how the place became a, a national historical park. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the show, maybe just last week, uh, we had uh, William Marvel on and talked about his book, A Place Called Appomattox, which gives a history of the town up to the war and then some of it after the war. But uh, it's after the war. I'm curious about how how did that get to the status it has today, Patrick? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting story. Um, I guess the first thing I w- would like to cover on that is just a little bit about the McLean House because that had some interesting going going on there before it became even a national park. Okay. Are you f- you're familiar with the McLean House where the surrender took place? Yeah, well, and, and of course, the uh, from the, the farmer from Bull Run. That's right. Well, yeah, Wilmer McLean was never a farmer, though. Ah. Uh, he was a, a merchant. Okay. Uh, he had been a merchant in Alexandria, Virginia. He married a, a widower, Virginia Beverly Ho Mason, uh, who had a plantation at Manassas. Um, so he went out there, but he was... He didn't really was never a farmer himself. His wife owned a, owned the plantation, but he remained a, a merchant. And uh, at the time of the Battle of First Manassas, uh, General Beauregard made his headquarters at their house. And the family story is of a cannonball passing through the kitchen and spoiling uh, General Beauregard's supper. Um, but the one thing they don't tell you is McLean wasn't there. Uh. He had rented the home to uh, to the Confederate Army. So, um, of course, armies returned the following summer and fight another battle, a battle of Second Manassas. But Wilmer McLean had got into uh, sugar speculation, and he was buying up sugar that was running through the blockade and 
sitting on it, and as the price went up, he would resell it. Uh, so he needed to move to a place that had access to a railroad uh, and wouldn't be interfered with by the war uh, directly, and that's the reason he came to Appomattox Courthouse in the fall of 1862. Uh-huh. So he also had some bad luck with uh, having sugar down in uh, a place called Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, in late 1862 and early 1863 that he needed to get out of there. <laughs> so he, he kind of hits all the highlights of the Civil War tour. Yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, when the meeting takes place at the McLean House, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Marshall, who was sent into the village by Lee, has no idea of McLean's past. And uh, McLean tries to get him to use a building that's unfurnished, and uh, Marshall re- rejects it. It was probably the tavern that was set out in front of the house. Uh, the the McLeans didn't use, and then he offers his own home, and that's where the the meeting takes place. Uh, but after the war, McLean cannot make the payments on the house because his money had been tied up with Confederate stocks and bonds. So um, he moved his family back up to Northern Virginia to Al- Alexandria, and uh, the the house eventually became the possession of the Raglan family, and they tried to get some people out at the they got some lawyers to try and get people interested to move the house to the uh, Columbian Exposition in 1893 out in Chicago. Uh, but they couldn't get the people there to take an interest, but a, another group took interest in the house, and that was a firm called the Myron Dunlop Firm of Niagara Falls, New York. They formed what was called the Appomattox Land Company. And their idea was that they were going to start a retirement community for Civil War veterans, Union veterans in Appomattox. And they could never make it fly, so uh, they decided to move the McLean House to Washington, D.C. As they dismantled the house, uh, once they got everything taken apart, uh, there was a financial panic in the stock market, and the firm went bankrupt. Uh, So the house sat dismantled on the site Mm. until the creation of the park. Now, over the years, in 1895, uh, the War Department put up about a dozen markers telling about what happened in what places. Um, And in 1905, the only monuments that were ever put up uh, was done by uh, the North Carolina uh, Committee. Um, They put up three monuments on the grounds at Appomattox uh, to support their claims of first at Big Bethel, farthest at Gettysburg, farthest at Chickamauga, and last at Appomattox. Uh, the last being the last to fire a volley and the last capture of federal guns. Uh, and that was in 1905. In 1930, Congress uh, bought an acre of ground where the courthouse stood, which had burned down in 1892, and they wanted to erect a peace monument, just like up at Gettysburg, where the, the peace Light uh, Peace Light Memorial, or Light Peace Memorial up there in Gettysburg, something yeah. similar to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the locals had no interest in doing that. Um, in 1935, it is turned over to the National uh, Park Service, and the idea is to reconstruct the b- village the the way it looked at the time of the surrender. Uh, at least the main structures. Most of the village was still there, just uh, in bad condition because it had been largely abandoned. Um, so they actually started doing excavation there at the McLean House, 
and uh, World War II interrupts uh, the restoration process. And they start again after World War II, and uh, they finish reconstructing the McLean House in 1948. And they actually have a dedication with uh, Ulysses S. Grant III and Robert E. Lee IV uh, there for the ribbon-cutting ceremony. And, and Douglas Southall Freeman was speaking there, I believe? That's correct. He was. He was a, a historian of uh, some renown and uh, lived uh, nearby in Lynchburg. Of course, he wrote uh, uh, the four-volume set, uh, R.E. Lee, and um, uh, trying to think of the other title. Uh, Lee's Lieutenant. Lee's Lieutenant, that's right. So the the park today has uh, a number of buildings, but these then are not original buildings for the most part. No, they are the original buildings that have been restored. But they've been restored, so they are original. Yeah, they, they were just abandoned, so they, they had to do uh, quite a bit of restoration on them. Uh, but they are the original structures. Uh, the two exceptions is uh, the courthouse, which burned down in 1892. Mm -hmm. That was reconstructed as the Park Visitor Center. Uh, so it looks historic on the outside, but inside it's a, a mod modern, fully functioning museum. Mm -hmm. And then the McLean House was reconstructed using the original plans. They, unfortunately for the McLean House, uh, after it was dismantled, it just sat out there in the yard, and whenever people came by, they would take a brick home as a souvenir. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, much of the wood rotted away. But the company that won the contract to rebuild the house was actually the company that dismantled it, and they still had the plans. Um, for when they want, we're going to reassemble it in Washington D.C. So they know exactly what the house looked like. So it's it's a, a reconstruction using uh, 5,500 original bricks, which are on the front side of the the house. So when you walk up to it, you're actually looking at bricks that were there at the time of the surrender. Yeah, well, it's quite a uh, so so original yet yet not original, but right. Uh, but very, very interesting. The uh, well, let's talk about the surrender. Um, I, I mentioned in the very opening of the show that uh, everyone knows this is where the war ended. But of course, listeners to this show are better informed than that. <laughs> Good, I would hope so. Uh, they, they, they know that uh, Johnson was fighting, and there was fighting out west. And, That's right. Uh, um, more, but, but there must be other myths about uh, the, the surrender that you get all the time. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, in fact, I, I wrote two little books called uh, one called Thirty Myths About Lee Surrender" and another one called "More Myths About Lee Surrender," which has fifty-two myths, stories that people have come through and they they believe uh, happened that really aren't true. So I kind of go through all those. Uh, well, what are some of the ones that, that you hear most often that, that people seem? Well, to... a lot of times people come up to you and they want to tell you something they know. They'll they'll come up and say. Uh, you know, Lee and Grant were classmates at West Point. Of course, that is not true at all. Both went to West Point, uh, but Lee was 16 years older than Grant. Uh, um, they'll throw out such as uh, uh, Lee finished first in his class at West Point. Well, uh, he did finish with no demerits, but he actually finished second in his class. Who was first in his year? Uh, a cadet named Charles Mason from upstate New York. Ah, very good. And... Uh, there's stories um, that uh, just got passed down, like uh, what Grant said was 
Uh, wars produce many stories of fiction, some of which are told until they're believed to be true. And one of those stories was that uh, Lee surrendered to Grant under an apple tree. And this is a, a myth that started with the soldiers themselves, uh, because what had happened was Lee and Grant had been corresponding uh, since April 7th. And when Lee finally asked to meet with Grant to surrender the Army, Grant sends ahead Lieutenant Colonel Orville Babcock and William McKee Dunn. They ride ahead, and they find Lee sitting under an apple tree down by the Appomattox River. And uh, they talk to Lee under the apple tree, and Lee sends Marshall up into the village to find a place for him and Grant to meet. The thing is, the Confederate Army is drawn up in the line in a in a line of battle, um, just uh, further up the ridge, and they see these federal officers meeting with Lee under this apple tree, and then they ride into the village together. Next time they see General Lee, they learn they've been surrendered. Uh, they naturally assume that that was Grant talking to Lee under the apple tree. Um, so American soldiers have always been souvenir hunters. They went over there and chopped up the, the apple tree and took it home as souvenirs. Uh -uh. Um, in fact, that night they said there was nothing but a hole left in the ground. Uh, federal soldiers, uh, principally from the Fifth Corps, came down there and saw these Confederates chopping down the tree, and they asked them what happened, uh, why they're cutting down that tree. They said, this is where Lee surrendered to Grant. And uh, so federal soldiers wanted part of that apple tree as well. Uh, so for many years, uh, Union soldiers um, that weren't right there around the McLean house thought that uh, Grant had or Lee had surrendered to Grant under that apple tree. So, so an innocent beginning, but the, the story... The story was uh, perpetuated, and it wasn't largely turned around until uh, Grant's uh, memoirs were published. Uh, the uh, what about the relics from the surrender? The the, the table, uh, the pens. Uh, where did those end up? Um, the table that Lee used is at the Chicago Historical Society, and the table that Grant used is at the the Smithsonian. Um, both chairs are at the Smithsonian. One of the neat pieces that uh, returned to Appomattox in the 1990s was what they called the silent witness doll. Uh, do you know that story? No. Tell, tell us that. Uh, Wilma McClain had uh, five children. Two of them were stepchildren uh, at the time of the, the surrender. And, in fact, his wife, he was 50 and she was 46 and pregnant at the time of the surrender. Um, but the youngest girl was named Lula, and she left her doll uh, on the couch in the parlor uh, before this meeting took place, the surrender meeting. And the officers picked it up and put it on the mantle, and then after the, the meeting concluded, when the officers were looking for souvenirs, one of them saw the dowel and they started tossing it around, and Captain Thomas Moore, who was on Sheridan's staff, grabbed the dowel and took it home, uh, calling it the silent witness. And it remained in the Moore family until the 1990s when they decided to return it to Appomattox Courthouse, and it's now on display in our visitor center. And wow. uh, the silent witness doll is a favorite, uh, especially among children uh, book authors. Yes, I can imagine you could string something together with that. Mm -hmm. well, there was, I seem to remember seeing once uh, maybe a side table, neither, neither Grant's nor Lee's, that uh, the General Custer took with him. No, that was uh, that was Grant's table. That was Grant's table. That was Grant's table. Lee had a, a larger oval to or marble top table that he sat at, 
and Grant sat at the small uh, oval top table. Okay. And uh, following the the, the meeting, uh, Sheridan bought the table that Grant used for uh, twenty dollars in gold. Uh, uh, he had been carrying those that those gold pieces around um, in case he had ever was ever captured. He thought he might be able to bribe a guard to get away or get some special treatment. So uh, he gave them to Wilmer McLean, and the table uh, was given to George Custer to present to his uh, wife, Libby. And Sheridan actually wrote a note uh, to Libby saying, You're, the results of this week are uh, due to your husband more than anybody else. So he paid a, you know, a high tribute to uh, Custer, who was his right-hand man. So that table went went to her, and eventually ends right. up in Chicago. No, no, that ended up at the Smithsonian. Or that's the Smithsonian one. I'm right. sorry. Right, Libby uh, donated it to the Smithsonian. Now Lee's table was purchased by General Edward Ord, who commanded the Army of the James, uh, but he didn't have gold pieces. He only had greenbacks, so he had to pay twice as much. Uh, so uh, uh, the, the two tables sold for a total of sixty dollars. Uh, which I don't think McLean was too happy about, but uh, um, because the furniture wasn't really up for sale, but he did get sixty dollars out of the the tables and ten dollars each for the chairs. Well, well, you know, you could do worse for furniture, I guess, in those days. You could. Um, I do want to ask you about the, uh, the surrender ceremony, as sure. I promised I would. But we're going to take another short break and uh, pose another question during the intermission and come back and answer both of them. We'll do that. Our guest is Patrick Schroeder of the National Historical Park at Appomattox. We'll be back in just a moment on Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 